The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King and Cameron Colley. It's Monday morning and it's time for another episode of The Boys of Tech. So welcome along to episode 111 for Monday, the 11th of April, 2011. There's a lot of ones in that, by the way. In fact, Monday, being day one of the week, is another one. So there you go. My name is Edwin Herman and introducing the panel, first of all, Brett King joins us over Skype. Welcome along, Brett. Hola. That was Spanish, wasn't it, Brett? Yes. And the other voice that you heard there was Cameron Colley, also joining us over Skype. Welcome along, Cameron. Hello. And this week we have a guest who's recently won Young Engineer of Great Britain uh, for a very innovative invention. His name is Asim Mishra, and he joins us now. Welcome along, Asim. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. And I must say, congratulations on winning Young Engineer. That is absolutely fantastic. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, Edwin. Tell you what's more fantastic than that, though, is the product you've designed. And I tell you, I'm going to turn it over to you to describe what it is that got you that title. <laughs> well, essentially, what I did, I made drum kit trousers. Drum <laughs> kit trousers. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Exp- I think to really understand it, you have to see them or even hear them. I'm actually wearing them right now. Really? They okay. look. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll give you. I'll give you a little play. Okay, go for it. We're listening. How was that? Hey, that's hey, <laughs> that's cool. That's, that's awesome. awesome. It, it, it's it's a whole drum kit in your trousers, and they look and feel just like normal. I put them in jeans, so they look and feel just like absolutely normal jeans. <laughs> so let me get this That's straight. So you, awesome. You're wearing a pair of what look like jeans, but yeah. you can tap on your thighs and you're putting out a beat. Is that right? Exactly. Yep. There's eight sensors in the trousers. So that's a whole drum kit. A oh, whole drum wow. kit with all the symbols and drums and everything. Oh, and I, I you would... can even then change any of the sensors to any sound. So you could have a keyboard on your lap if you want. Oh, no way. <laughs> That is awesome. That is That's really awesome. cool. So tell me, what's the layout you've got at the moment? Can you kind of explain, you know, where, where, where's the hi-hat, where's, where are the toms, where's well, the bass? At, at the moment, there's, if you go like from the knee to your pocket, there's three, and then three on the other side, the ride symbol on the side and the bass drum on the foot. And I've done a layout at the moment as it is. So hi-hat on the right, snare drum on the left, like you would on a kind of like as if you're tapping. But for any left-hand, left-handers, anybody, you can change the sound of anything, so nothing's fixed at all. Right, okay. So you, what you've described is how you have it, but as you said, yeah. you can switch things around as you please. Yes, exactly. That is fantastic. So what, what, awesome. what, what, how did you come up with this idea? <laughs> well, I've been drumming for about eight years now, and I have a band, and whenever we gig or play concerts or wherever, we, we've got, we've got uh, my friend has a car. And we have to, when we put the drum kit in there, it fills the whole car. So he has to go and come back for us to make two trips. <laughs> and anybody who has a drum kit, it, it's, it's just, you know, it's so big and heavy. So it, this is like a, just an ultra portable drum kit. You're wearing it. And, and you can also wear headphones to make it silent. 
Oh, or even that's... put it into an amp to make it as loud as you want. That, wow, that this is <laughs> awesome. Very cool. <laughs> I like it. I'm liking it. In fact, I'd love a pair of those. You don't have a second pair that you somehow built up. You can mail to me. <laughs> no, I, I don't have a second pair at the moment. I've only got one at the moment. I'm actually working on building a second, even better pair for when I go to Los Angeles. Are you, are you doing version two already? No, actually, I, I've been chosen to represent the UK at the Intel Science and Engineering Fair in LA. In oh, May. that wow. is really that is fantastic! Brilliant! Congratulations! Thank you. Once again, <laughs> I'm, I'm just still, uh, still so, can't believe it. So when you when you go to LA in May, in about thirty days, I think it starts on May the eighth. Oh, you're right. Okay, so not not too far away. That's fantastic. Does it look a bit strange when you're you know tapping away, especially when you we've got your headphones on and and you oh, can't hear anything? I guess. Yeah, I guess in that everybody taps, don't they? I mean, if you if you look go on a bus and you you'll see people tapping with headphones on, just tapping along to their music. But you've got a full actual drum kit, and I have actually done that. I have actually gone on a bus and started doing it. <laughs> Did and, you have the sound <laughs> going or or headphones? I, I had headphones, and then I, I realized people were looking at me, so I took the headphones off. And, it, and you know, played <laughs> I think they were really looking at you after that, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they, were, they were loving it. They were really liking it. And the thing is, at the moment, the, the sensors are in the trousers, and then there's a bag with the circuitry in. Just, you know, you can just put it on your back. So you plug yourself into the bag, and away you go. And the bag has speakers in, so you can be walking on the street and playing. Wow, that is that is cool. Did people wonder where the sound was coming from, or do they think it was part of the radio that was playing and that you were just tapping to it? Yes, actually, a lot of times when they've seen me, start, it's so weird and kind of surreal that, that this is happening that they think that I'm just playing along to like a free recording. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know exactly what you mean. What you were saying though about you know people tell I do the same, and sometimes I'm actually finger drumming on the tables as you know table or desk as well and drives my wife absolutely nuts she hates it but uh, you know <laughs> it's kind of you know it's kind of something that's almost like an instinct in, in us drummers yeah. isn't it yes definitely even in non-drummers everybody's doing it you know like yeah, the right. rock mm, yeah. yeah. And the thing about the trousers is that they're they're a good like novelty like a toy because anybody can just do we will rock you and have loads of fun on them but they're also professional you can do hit them you know the senses the Reaction time, you can hit it as fast as you can, a real drum kit. And actually what happens is the sensors, all that's turned output into MIDI. So there's thousands of online software available to get real proper sounding drum samples off like, you know, like a really expensive so, electronic drum kit sound. So you could plug it into any MIDI compatible system and, and, and get yes. whatever sound you want. Yes. And is other sensors, uh, what do you call it, velocity sensitive, touch sensitive? So you yes, know, the harder are, you hit it, the... Yes, it's it's a it's you know it's a fully replaceable <laughs> drum kit. I didn't this want is it great. to be just a toy. It's kind of you can hit it quietly or loud. You can hit it fast. You can do rolls. You can do everything. Oh, that's br- you've really <laughs> thought about this. I can see that you've really put a lot of thought into this. Yeah, thank you. Do you do like a rim shot when you make a joke? Like you sort of make a joke. You always have your drum roll. Cool. I do it all the time. Constantly telling jokes at work. Well, you, you, well you'll, need, you'll need one of these as well, you know. So is yes. there, are there any plans to take this commercial or, or is this not really something that would lend itself to that? Well, I've been contacted by a company and nothing set in stone. But, you know, I, I did this. I started off making these trousers as a hobby just in my spare time. 
I like drumming. I'm quite into electronics and kind of, you know, it's like a culmination of my passions. And, you know, if, if this does go global or does go on the market, it'd be amazing to see something I created in my room in, the, you know, with a soldering iron ghost, you know, <laughs> so big. That's got to be the coolest feeling, surely. That's got to be really Definitely, cool. Imagine yeah. that. When you see your product out there, I think, I, I, I hope, look, good luck for, for whatever comes out of that. And I, I hope that it turns out the way you want. Thank you. Now, obviously, not surprisingly, been a lot of media interest in this. You've talked to your local BBC, but who else have you talked to? Have you, has, have you had um, yes, interviews I've from outside to, the country? Yes, uh, I've talked to as the, uh, the local BBC, Look North. I'm in the north of the UK. I've also been on national TV. I, I was on BBC Breakfast, and the video of me on there was actually, I think, the fourth most played on the BBC website at one point, which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I also talk. I'm not sure if you. I also talk to the sun. Oh, the sun! I know. Yep. I, yep. In fact, I. That's a good thing or not? <laughs> I know someone who works fairly high up at the sun, actually. Oh right, right. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I talk to the sun, and just now, actually, I'm just looking. I, I've on my YouTube channel, and I've I've seen that it's on BBC Brazil as well. So that's a bit strange. Oh wow! <laughs> what, what you, can you tell us your YouTube channel? What's the name or address that you have so to yes, type in? Yes, when, when I originally made this channel, I didn't make it for people to contact me. It was just kind of like a like a, a spam channel in, in essence. But then I started uploading videos, and so the name is RND Stuff One Two Three. Okay, so RND Stuff Stuff One, one two, two Three. Yeah, so I didn't make it with my name on, which I should have done in retrospect. And now you can't change the username. But at least your name's associated. It says, I can see it now. It says Asim Mishra's YouTube channel. So at least your name, yeah. your name is yeah. there. It's just not um, part of the username. On, on there, actually, last year, I made drum lights. And that's a light which goes underneath each drum. And as you hit the drum, it, kind of, it, lights, it lights up from underneath. So as you're playing, they're all lighting up. Oh, wow. And the video of that's on my channel. And I actually won the Young Engineer from it last year as well because of those. That's right. I was going to talk about that as well. And that is, look, I've, I'm looking at the video now. That is awesome. That's, you know what this kind of reminds me of? You know, some years ago, and maybe still now, I don't know, but certainly six, seven, eight years ago, people were, or computer people were into modding cases and stuff and having lights everywhere and all sorts. Yep. With yeah, see-through yeah, panels. Yeah. That kind of... It seems to be you know, along the same lines. I yeah, like it. Okay, yeah, I can see that, yeah. That, that is really cool. I wouldn't mind that, but of course I need a drum set first. <laughs> yes, you would. Uh, those are like, my drum kit's like a normal, you know, wooden shell, but I, I, I'm just thinking how amazing it would be on, you, these days you get the transparent shells. Yeah, now that would look awesome. Could you? I wonder if you could adapt it too for electronic sets as well, but with sort of an LED system around the edges of the, the pads, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That would have uh, I guess you could, couldn't you? Yeah. Do they have to be particularly um, like baggy jeans? Because I'm, no. I'm a bit of I'm a bit of a skinny jeans man myself, and so I'm just wondering whether it would just like the drummer just be going off with me walking around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> constantly got that, a drum roll. Exactly. The, the, the sensors are actually removable because okay. you have to wash jeans. <laughs> so that <was laughs> yeah. The biggest problem that I had was making them removable, but they are now, so you can put them in any trousers. Oh, right. Okay. And so, so, so there's enough room yeah. if you've got trousers that are a little tight fitting, you know, not so loose, if you like, the sensors are okay in there? Then it's not too tight? Yeah. No, the, so they have to have a certain level of kind of impact on them rather than just kind of being squashed a little bit. Right. Okay. 
Otherwise, as as Cameron said, you know, he'd be walking down the street, putting out a drumbeat as he walks along. You know, Actually, that, that could be quite good. It might be a way to learn how to drum. <laughs> <laughs> or it means yeah. I'm a, I'm a, someone, someone told me. Yeah, someone told me I could have the senses vibrate. So <laughs> one of the senses vibrates, and then you hit that one, and then another one vibrates, and you hit that one, and you can learn how to drum. Yeah, you could. I'm just, I'm just wondering how you'd figure out where on. I suppose you would feel where on your leg it is. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be one way. I'm liking awesome. it. I can see now that we've talked about this. There's a whole heap of potential, you know, to take this the next step. There's a lot you can do with this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the moment they're in trousers, but you kind of have the senses anyway. Uh, someone was saying you could have like a, a clarinet tie or something. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. And it, that wouldn't be any different, really. The sensors would just be in a tie. That's right. It. That wouldn't be a lot different to what the technology wouldn't have to be changed that much to what it is now. Brilliant. Hey, tell us about the competition itself. So, how big is the competition? How many? It, it's it's quite big. In the UK, they, they they do they have like a big fair. It's called the Big Bang Fair, and it's it's you know it's an awesome event. It's done by the young engineers, and there's actually three awarding bodies there, like three competitions. There's, I think, a Crest Award, the uh, National Science and Engineering Competition, and the Young Engineers Competition. And it, it lasts for three days. It's great. You you go down on, say, I think Wednesday night. You set up your stall. Everybody has a stall. And there's loads of sponsor stalls as well. So Google was there and Intel. And it's, you know, it's like a oh, big wow. science fair. And you set up your own stall and you're among it, the sponsors and everything. And, and it's open to the public. So Thursday, Friday, lots of school children come and see your stall and see everything. And, oh, wow. You know, you have so many school children. Oh, that, and they're, they're, they're fantastic. genuinely interested, you know, and especially in something like mine. Mine was drum trousers. They were all, there were children tapping the center. Yeah, I can imagine that would have been a real hit. <laughs> Excuse yes. the pun. <laughs> <laughs> So it lasts for three days and it's organized by the Young Engineers organization who are just great. You know, they put you up in a, they paid for the hotel and, oh, they really? food and lunch. Yeah. I mean, they're absolutely fantastic. And at the end, there's lots of judging. The judges come and talk to you and they're from all kind of like a wide variety of disciplines. And Friday night was the award ceremony and they, they said that they announced me as the overall young engineer for British. <laughs> Wow. I couldn't believe it. What an awesome atmosphere it must have been. Now, when they were coming around to judge your particular item, did you guess or did you have an inkling that you've done particularly well? Well, you know, to be honest, last year I, I did the drum lights last year and that was part of my GCSE, like a school project, which lasted over two years. And I had a whole kind of uh, folder work, coursework, like big thick booklet and I did all this prep and all the research and everything. And last year, I kind of had a, you know, I had a chance. This year, I entered again, simply just for fun. I wasn't doing it to win at all. It's completely honestly, I was not expecting to win at all. Partly wow. because this, these drum trousers were something I'd knocked up in the corner of my room in about four or five weeks. I hadn't done any research. I hadn't done any planning. I hadn't jumped through all those hoops you have to do. With I think that's great. I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, you have to jump through all these hoops when you do stuff at school. And I hadn't done any of that. And I wasn't expecting to win at all. I mean, I know the the, the judges seemed like they liked it. But, you know, it was such a surprise when they said my name. It right, so you can, you can never tell, right? So when the, when the sort of 
I, I guess they they have a chat to you and sort of ask you questions about it. That's part of the judging, I guess. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they talk to you basically. They ask you anything about it, and right. they have like a clipboard, and I think they mark you out of ten for different categories. Right, and so they've got a, a real <laughs> poker face, do they, when they're doing that? You, you, you <laughs> yes, have no yeah. idea what. Okay. Mm. Yeah, um, but they are nice. A lot of them don't have a poker face. You know, they, they're they're really nice. They're happy to be judging and taking part as well. Right. I mean, it, it, this is a huge fair. I think they were saying the football was thirty thousand people. Thirty thousand. Yeah, had that's, children or members of the public had wow. come in. Yeah, no, that's that's big. That's big. Wow. That's awesome. Where was the event held? It was in London. Oh, well, you was in London. Oh, did you did yeah, you meet so the Queen? It's, it's, uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't drop by, did she? I, I did. I did meet Prince Andrews, though. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, he was at the fair. I did meet him. I met Brian Cox as well. Oh, um, nice. I, I met a few people. Yeah, I, it, it was at London this year. Last year it was in Manchester. I think next year it's going to be in Birmingham. Oh, but so it, it moves around, does it? It's yeah. Not, so it's not yeah. always in London. No. I take it you'd been to London before, though. Yes, I, I, I quite like London. Yeah, oh. I have been to London before. Yeah. Do you like the Queen? I think <laughs> I've never <laughs> I've never met the Queen, so uh, <laughs> I think that, that the last time I went to London was actually I went to the Google headquarters there. Oh right! After I won last year, just for a visit. Yeah. Right. Okay. It'd be nice if the Queen asked you for like um, if she could, you know, if you could maybe put a drum kit in one of her dresses or something. <laughs> I, can't, I can't see it wearing jeans, but yeah, she, you know. <laughs> I don't think the Queen would be into that sort of thing. Oh, and you don't think she owns an iPhone either. We've we've gone over this. Ah. Well, that's right. I tell you what. Next time, Asim, next time you meet one of the royal family, could you for us please ask them what sort of phone the Queen has? What sort of mobile phone? Could you do that for I will us? Do it. That's yeah. No, that's a really interesting question. I haven't thought of that because we we covered that. In fact, that was the title of that was one of the title of our one of our shows. I think episode number one oh six, one hundred and six for seventh of March was does the Queen own a mobile phone? And we were debating this on the show. It was kind of a spinoff from goodness knows what, and yeah. we, we couldn't answer that. And we even tried in the blooper section. Actually, if you're listening to this show and want to have a listen to the later on, have a listen to the blooper section of episode 106. We actually put a call through to Buckingham Palace, and and we <laughs> wow. we we got an answer. Well, so the phone was answered, but the, they didn't know the answer to the question. Like, <laughs> yes, hey, hey, Buckingham oh, Palace, yeah. and we asked the question. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't know that. Sorry, bye bye. So that, that was the end of that. He called Buckingham Palace. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we didn't expect to speak to the Queen. Right. We knew we'd be speaking to some yeah, yeah. reception person, but yeah. So next time, you know, next time you're you're in the in the vicinity of a <laughs> royal family member, if you could just put that question and, and get back to us, and we'll put it on the show. We'd love to love to I have that happen. <laughs> Good on you. Thank you. Good stuff. Yes, and best of luck in Los Angeles. Thank you, Brett. And likewise from the rest of us. Brilliant stuff. All right, on to the next story then. The U.S. is going to announce terrorist attack warnings on Twitter and Facebook. Some terrorist attack warnings on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, not all, all of them. them. So some of them, yeah, and they'll be very careful in selecting when they make the announcement as well. Yeah, and how much information they put out. It's part of a big review of the way that they, you know, because they brought in that whole new terrorist warning system after 9-11, and it's just been causing so much havoc, and people have been making jokes out of it with its multiple levels of colors. And they've brought in a two-tiered system now. 
I don't know. I'm a little bit cynical about the whole thing. I, I look, I could create a, a system that does exactly that, and you know what it would do? It'd be an automated Twitter account that goes, "Terror alert is high. Terror alert is high." Ter-. I mean, that, that's because that, that's what it always is in the US, isn't it? Yep. It's always high. I mean, <laughs> well, it's always between moderate and high. Well, yeah, I know, but, but it's exactly. just why they've so, got those color codes. It's like well, we've yeah. gone from green to beige. It's a beige day today. Do they have beige? Was that one of the colors? It wasn't, was it? No. <laughs> oh god! I'm, I, I thought Probably you were the standard Defcon colours. So, yeah. so what happens on Facebook is like you're just in the middle of Farmville. Suddenly, there's like a red alert, and all like it's like I would all say the, it's all the farms like, get evacuated, and it says like get out of town and stuff. Or I think it's more like you follow the emergency terrorist warning. Oh, okay. So you, it doesn't poke you. You friend, it doesn't just, you, you friend it doesn't the US <laughs> anti-terrorist squad. It just doesn't poke you. It's on your wall when there's a terror alert. I just, I really hope this isn't, you know, this doesn't start a trend with kind of face, you know, people putting stuff on Twitter and Facebook. It, it, this is serious. I mean, Facebook, go on. As you were saying, you were making fun of it, weren't you? Just... <laughs> follow the US terrorist people and uh, that's I don't know as they've said it, they're not going to be it's not their primary forum for getting this information out because well you'd have to be following the appropriate Twitter channel to get the tweets unless it's retweeted but then would you believe the retweets and you'd have to be following the, the, the Facebook group so do you think that'll allow you to submit anonymous information via Twitter to them Probably not. I would say it is probably, as you said, an automated system, an automated account. It's not monitored by anybody. They can be hacked then as well if they're put on Twitter and Facebook. True. Yeah, exactly. It does open itself to... Yeah, they're putting the hands of the distribution into third parties and those third parties could be compromised and then you could spoof that there is a terror attack. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Code blamange. It's a fib. No, you're right, though. It's a true possibility. I mean, now that they're going out on Twitter, it just requires the ability to hack their Twitter account. You're not having to hack into the whoever it is. Who's the US Department doing this? Um, Wouldn't it be Homeland Security? Homeland Homeland Security. So, yeah, very good point. Yeah, you wouldn't have to hack any of the DHS servers. It would just be hacking Twitter. Yeah. That's probably easier. Interesting. I must admit, I'm kind of unexcited about the whole, you know, so-and-so is now putting out these alerts on Facebook or Twitter. It's like, yeah, what, what, you know, it's just like, Everybody's on the Facebook yeah, bandwagon. Everybody's on the Twitter bandwagon. It's not new. I know. It kind of waters down the value to me of, of Twitter and, and Facebook. Really? I thought it would have added the value because it's adding more things that come through that social network that you... Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's, it, it legitimizes it. More than anything, I think, if, yeah. they, if they've decided to go this way. Yeah, but isn't it this just uninteresting dross? I mean... Well, yeah, but mm, then so is a lot of stuff. Actually, that's true. People that you might follow on Twitter, it's like, well, excellent. I, I'm following a friend on Twitter. I've decided no longer to follow him on Twitter because all he tweets about is what he had for lunch. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, actually. There is a lot whereas, of that. Whereas yeah. with, when we had the floods here in Brisbane, Twitter was an amazing tool. Yeah. To, to to get information out. Um, you know, I, I'm all for that. For for real people, real on the ground coverage, you know, and then the Iran elections as well yeah, is another good you, example. Well, but, don't you think it's the same using well, Yeah, I, I think it's you've got a good point there, Cameron. I think it's yeah. very much the same if they use it in specific instances to get that message out because people are on Twitter, people yeah. are reading these things. And if people have followed 
the DHS or whatever account they create for these terror alerts, I think it's it would be beneficial. So Cameron, and you're, the you're cutting in- down the system to only two levels is is far better than their silly multiple colours, <laughs> their five yeah, tier definitely. system previously. So Cameron, you're on Twitter. Are you going to be following these guys? Uh, no, because I don't live in the US, so I don't care about. Well, they're, they're that's a fair point. No, you're right. Yeah, that's a fair it point. is um, about US terror attacks. Yeah, you're right. Yes. But other people can follow me at, at Cameron Colley. Uh, <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> plug there. Yeah. Very nicely um, done. But um, no, I was, I was definitely following the government, like uh, flood things that were set up for Twitter over here. Just oh, purely, the, the just, official channel for that? Yeah, the official right. channels. And that way they were able to put stuff out. I could retweet that to people that, I, that were following me. Yeah. So that was always handy. I guess it is nice to have an official source that you can then retweet rather than someone saying, I heard that such and such is happening. Yeah, so so I guess as you're saying, it does it does legitimize it, you know? There's, yeah. yeah. And not just that, there was stuff where I was taking photographs out and about in my suburb as it was going under. And the legitimate sources were then contacting me and saying, can you verify where these were taken? And those pictures were then put up on their their websites with, with references and whatnot. So that, that was pretty good. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't have helped anybody in Georgia, would it? No, <laughs> that's a that's like <laughs> exactly the story. There is that a woman in Georgia cut off web access to the whole of Armenia. <laughs> <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> uh, well, how do you expect somebody to cut off the internet for an entire country? Obviously, it was a notorious group of hackers, or it could have been a little old lady with a shovel. Which do you think it was, Ed? Well, given that you've presented me the options in this way, I think I know which is the right answer. But you're right. People would think, oh, this is this a denial of service attack? No, it wasn't. It was a woman who was 75 years old, was basically scavenging around for copper cables to sell, and she accidentally sliced through with a spade right through a fiber optic cable. And that was the end of Armenia's internet connection. <laughs> I can't believe that's just... You don't expect that in the 21st century. No, exactly. One cable, one cable. I know. This is the internet. Georgia to Armenia, and that is (laughs) Armenia's internet gone. It's hilarious. I I didn't think that was even possible. A little old lady, yeah, digging for copper cables to sell, managed to sever such an important link, and it wasn't better secured. (laughs) <laughs> well, apparently the cable, the, that fiber optic link is supposed to be reasonably well secured, but it, I, I did see reports that, you know, parts of it can get exposed with uh, flooding and rain and whatnot. So whether that was, you know, where where it happened, I don't know. But I, I think it's crazy. Like you say, it seems crazy that in this day and age, you can cut off an entire country's internet by severing one measly little cable. Yeah. You, you would think it'd be more protected or something if it's yeah. just so many people... It's just lying underground without any protection or anything. You'd think it would be fortified a little better such that a little bit of heavy rain wouldn't <laughs> wash, away the, yeah. wash away the protection and allow the cable to be severed. A little old lady <laughs> looking for copper cables. And That's the fact that you've got a little old lady looking for copper cables to sell is kind of disturbing as well, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, that does happen. Um, you know, in some places, copper's got value, and you know, people do dig it up, and yeah, yeah. and uh, that's their source of income for some people, unfortunately. But you know, back in the old days, you know, in the mid '90s here in New Zealand, we had a, a single link to the internet which went across to the US, 
And occasionally that would, it was reasonably frequently, wasn't it? Several times a year, wasn't it, Brett, where the whole country would be isolated from the rest of the internet because that link went down. Yeah, yeah. And we could only get to New Zealand sites. And we're talking mid-90s. That'd be things from fishing trawlers and that sort of stuff. Breaking the cable. Well, I don't know if it was, I, I, I thought it was just a communications thing. I don't know if it was physical damage. I wouldn't imagine it would be physical damage, was it? I, uh, I've just got this vague recollection of a newspaper article about a fishing trawler trawling oh, up one of the cables. Oh, that wouldn't be healthy. But it might have been from somewhere in Europe or somewhere in off the coast of America. As opposed to Heartland America. <laughs> well, as opposed to the, the cable <laughs> to New Zealand. <laughs> oh, indeed. <laughs> so what about Windows 8, guys? Apparently a few more little tidbits of information have been revealed. From what's been revealed so far, it sounds pretty neat. Yeah, the inter- of- first of all, let's talk about Internet Explorer. So they built. Oh, let's let's talk about that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Shush, you Mac user. <laughs> Come uh, on now. Oh, look, I, I must admit, I think. Let's talk about alternatives. <laughs> let's talk about IE. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this might be the turnaround for it because I, I must admit, you know, I'm a Mac user myself, but I'm impressed with what I'm seeing. Oh, and that is, it's kind of hard to describe on an audio podcast, but know, and screenshots look so good at times, don't they? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> They've kind of made it into this mobile sort of version. It's very much like what you'd expect on a tablet, let's say. That's kind of well, the easiest it, way. I think I think you have to to do the story justice. Jump on the net and have a look at these stories. Withinwindows.com has a few screenshots of that. So you can kind of see what I'm talking about. But bear in mind that this is, or will be, if, if the rumours are to be true, Internet Explorer for the desktop, not for a mobile device. But because it's been built like a mobile device, uh, I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this. Well, they're taking a lot of cues from the things which have gone down really well from the Windows Phone 7 operating system. And the browser in Windows Phone 7 offers everything in the, the way that the Internet Explorer in Windows 8 is going to offer it. So they, they're putting those things together and so they're giving you that, I guess, familiarity between the different devices, between the, the, the look and feel. And they're working on a completely new new interface scheme. They've called it immersive. Uh, it's an alternative to the Aero user interface and it brings in some more of the, the, I guess, the user interface things that they've learned with the mobile operating system. And they're bringing that sort of stuff into the desktop operating system. And this immersive Internet Explorer, as they're calling it, is what's this new layout for Internet Explorer. So it's based on that, is it? Yeah. So, Brett, you're obviously excited about this. I am excited. I'm guessing you'd be looking seriously at upgrading to Windows 8 when it comes out then. Well, I'm definitely going to get signed up for the beta for it. They've also included a new PDF reader, which I know Mac users are going to go yawn. We had this 10 years ago. It's called Modern Reader, which I think is a stupid name, but hey, it, it's supposed <laughs> to be pretty good. It, well, you know, it's, it, I mean, anything's better than Adobe's offering, surely. <laughs> well, depends. Acrobat X is quite nice. Oh, is it? I, 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 I'm sick. I, it's I don't just like... the PDF reader. Yeah. yeah it's well, just uh, surely it's just PDF the PDF reader. reader. Yeah. It's not like... I can't get excited about that. 
There's already like 15 available online. You know, yeah, exactly. I know. It is just And they pretty it much just do one, they do one thing. It's like yeah. saying, check out my new clock. Well, it tells the time. <laughs> yeah. Big deal. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. a catch yeah. up. But I, I guess well, where I'm coming from is that it sure beats the bloatware that's Adobe Reader. That's, that's the way I find it. I find Adobe Reader very heavyweight. And so yeah. I'm used to preview it's on the Mac, different. which is what it comes with. Now yeah. Windows is going to come with this modern reader, which is, I'm imagining, going to be similar to the the Mac preview, uh, something fairly lightweight and, yep. you know, obviously that just displays PDFs because that's the one thing it's supposed to do. <laughs> oh, exactly. that, is, that is the entire purpose of this modern reader thing. And it's based on another new thing, which they're bringing in with Windows 8, and that is the AppX framework. And it will allow you to develop an application for Windows 8 that will also be able to run on Windows Mobile 8. Ooh, gee, I haven't heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I don't know. I think this is a true sign that Microsoft have finally realized what they need to do. But they should have done this a while ago, but at least better late than never. They need to copy Apple in every single aspect of what they do. Um, (laughs) There's an element of that, yes. Yeah. Why why are they, just wondering, uh, what I think is good is that they seem to be updating more regularly now. It seems like every time I look around, there's a new version of Windows coming out, and that never used to be the case. Have they decided that this is just a better way to go, that they need to keep looking at this almost 18-month sort of turnaround or something? Or What's the timeline for Windows 8? When When's the beta out or when are they forecast to properly release it? Oh, it's still quite a ways down the line. Do we have a date? Have they mentioned a date? I've not late, seen Late 2011, apparently, is the rumor. Really? Late, late 2011. Late 2011? So late, late 2011. I was going to say second, third quarter 2012 earliest. Well, that's the earliest prediction I've seen. I've also seen others saying the first half of 2012. So The fact they've got screenshots out already, though, is, is I guess... My well, yeah, it's a pre-beta well. build. They did that with Windows 7 as well. Yeah, okay. How far advanced was that one, then? I wonder if we can get our cue from that. Ooh, good question. Google it. It's been a while. <laughs> Is it, doesn't <laughs> time just fly on the internet or yeah, in, in the computer world and IT? Well, you know, I think it's just that you're old, Ed. <laughs> that's probably also uh, <laughs> worsening the situation as well. <laughs> Your perception of time has changed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Asim here, who's only 17, which we didn't mention, by the way, on the show. Asim's sitting here probably going like, mm, what, what, what's, so far, what's happening so fast? Time, time's really slow for me because I'm only 17. Like a week is like a month to me. <laughs> wow. Oh. So, he, so a scene wouldn't realize that we were all around when Windows first came out, when like Windows 1 came out, and we went, oh, look, we can run multiple things at once. Well, actually, no, that was Windows 2 or 3, I think. Was yeah. it? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. There was no multitasking in Windows 1. In oh, fact, yeah. I think... I could be wrong, but I think Windows I think 1 was one app at a time. Windows 2 was multiple, but no multitasking, I think. Yep, that uh, was correct. And then I think Windows 3 was multiple 3. items 1. at once. Yeah, I'm thinking three. I was actually thinking 3.12, and I think that came out around about 92, 93. Yeah, around yep. early 90s. Yep, so about 92. Yeah. Which is a same saying I wasn't even born. When were you born? You're 17, so you were born 93. in 93. 93. That was post Windows. Oh, wow. Now you're just showing your age. <laughs> this is like an old man story scene, but when email first came out, you'd send an email to someone in the office and then you'd run around to their desk and go, did you get that? And they'd go, yeah. And you'd both like giggle. Because it was, <laughs> it, was right. like, oh, it was like, oh my God, check this out. Yeah. 
How's that for an old man's story? <laughs> I just feel ancient when I say that. And they weren't any drum jeans back then. Oh, God, no. We had to carry around our own drum kits yeah. on our legs. What a pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you kids today with your trendy drum jeans. <laughs> yeah, how lucky you are. Yeah. <laughs> you and, yeah, yeah. and you had to walk 15 miles in the snow. Exactly. Bed. We know. They got, they got colour TV and everything these days. They got colour internet. In fact, they skip black and white these days. <laughs> they don't even bother internet. with the black and white. Look at that. No. <laughs> okay, back to oh, the also, story. Yeah, a city story. What, what, yeah, what were we talking about? We're talking about Windows, but uh, I want to also move on and talk about the Zoom, Motorola Zoom sales. Now, you sort of brought this to my attention, Cameron, that the Motorola Zoom, Shh. which is the kind of rival, the next closest thing to the rival to an iPad, is not doing particularly well. Oh, Really? Imagine that. <laughs> Here we go, sarcasm. <laughs> they, they priced themselves out of the market. Yeah, I, they, I think that's the problem. They did. I think I think that's pretty much the reason why. I mean, yeah, look, look at this. You've got iPad coming at four. Let's just summarise this. We've got iPad two coming at four ninety nine. This is US dollars, right? Four ninety nine, five ninety nine, and six ninety nine. And then we've got the Zoom at seven nine nine. And it's okay. It's it's a little better. It's you know there are a few it's features a, there that, that are a bit better. A little better. It's got some features in it which the iPad does not have, but it really priced itself way yeah, out. Yeah, see, that's it's, why I don't think to compete with the iPad, you've got to deduct the iPad name tax. I, I think what you've you got, got to do to bring is go something for, in at lower price. Well, I think you could do same price but better hardware. Would that win, or would that still that, work? Well, yeah, that would work. Maybe, but I think I think the problem with Apple now is, and even I'll agree to it, is the fact that it's it's a brand now up there with everything else. Um, yeah. I mean, the amount of people at work who sit there and bring me over their iPhones, like I work with these, you know, these little old ladies that come over and go, "Oh, how do I take a picture?" And like they've just got an iPhone because they've heard it's what to get and they think it's really good, but they got no idea. Most people just go, "I've got, no got no idea how this thing works." I'm like, "Well, why did you get that? Why not just get one of those ones you buy at a Seven Eleven for?" Well, it's Apple, and everybody bucks. says Apple's good. Exactly, and everyone likes to well, say, they like to hold up the phone and have a little logo sitting on the back. So yeah, really, I mean, <laughs> so, it's, an awesome, yeah, it's, it's an awesome piece of technology, but it, it, unfortunately, it's tied in with a with a brand name now, like anything else. Yeah, and that brand just has that. Yeah, that that known weight behind it. So the only way you can compete with that is to bring in something of equivalent or better value mm. at a lower price. You cannot price think, yourself higher. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, even everybody has the iPhone here. You know, they don't know how to use it, and it's if if <clears throat> it's about five hundred pounds. Say, if someone has five hundred pounds to spend on the phone, they would buy the iPhone just because mm. you know everybody has it. They've seen it. However. There's so many other phones on Android for I'm just saying on Android which are you know just as good just as nice yeah. but nobody has them so they've yep. never seen them before. For oh, example, 500. the Nexus S that's cheaper than the iPhone, and I think that's what the Nexus that's what they're doing. It's it's you know it's it's really nice hardware, really nice, and they've just priced it slightly cheaper. Yeah, it's the way to go. What about from your point of view, people you hang out with, people your age, it seems, do you yeah. find that there's more and more Mac laptops as well being used? You know, you know what? Yes, actually. Uh, my school, I think there's about, there's, yeah, I, I've seen a few Macs, uh, people with uh, Mac laptops, yeah, and I, I don't think they know how to use them properly. But uh, <laughs> I've just got them because they're really pretty and they've got Apple on them. Yeah. And you see them I in movies so. all the time. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Every yeah, what yeah, movie yeah. doesn't use an Apple? There's a lot of um, US dramas which use those monitors with windows on the back. I don't know if you've seen that. 
Yeah. And Windows don't make monitors, so I don't know what that's about, but... <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing I see is in print ads, you know, like uh, flyers that come around, you know, for department stores and whatnot, will often, in electronic stores, will often show a Mac hardware, but with like a Windows interface on it. Yeah. What's with that? It's Well, it's Why the same thing you brought up with the person last week about the mouse. In all their advertising, they've got it connected to a MacBook. Oh, yeah. A, an that's Apple. true. Yeah, and that's point. purely because the marketing department goes, the Mac looks prettier than your generic brand PC laptop. And so because it is more photogenic, it appears in more advertising. Because mm. it is more photogenic, it appears in more TV shows. Yeah. But why do they bother photoshopping in a Windows interface? To Because to, that's what they're looking for. It's yeah. the Windows interface is the product, but the platform is the pretty. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you're getting a person to model a piece of jewellery, you get a pretty person to model the jewellery. Mm. You're not going to buy a diamond ring that's modelled by a <laughs> middle-aged, <laughs> scary fat guy. Or, or by the actual man who designed it. Like if yeah, he's, exactly. <laughs> he's an overweight jeweler who's just got this really nice woman's ring and going, this is it. You know. <laughs> no, you, uh, you pick the Yeah, that's thing, true. Which is the most, that's yeah, true. the most photogenic. Yeah, it's got the nicest to look at. See, I don't think this will be a problem in years to come when they, if Apple does do better in the marketplace and you know, things are just available for Mac and, and and Windows equally. They'll just use a Mac interface. They won't bother changing that. But at the moment, no, they do they do they do tend to Photoshop Windows yeah interfaces onto onto MacBook Pros. I saw another article. It was similar, saying about how the the Zoom. I think it was the iPad two had hoarded all the screens or something. Oh, yeah, well, there was, was something so about right. them God. buying up a whole heap of, yeah, the screens and they... Because that happened when the, the iPhone was coming out. the iPhone was Suddenly, it. Yeah. The, yeah, screens of that size were no longer available to anybody else. That's right, because Apple had pretty much bought up <laughs> the entire Apple. market with. <laughs> I don't know How if that's that deliberate. Do they use the same screens then? Well, it would be the same... Well, that's a good point. Know, is it the real four manufacturers that actually mm. produce screens. No. Oh, so they're all busy on doing the iPhone ones so they say we can't produce anything else. Is that kind of yeah, what you're saying? I think, I think that's more to do with yeah, it. Yeah, I think you're right because no one else, for example, take the iPhone 4, no one else has got the retina display at the moment. No, no. That's because Apple holds the patent to that one. Well, I don't know if they hold the patent to it, do they? Well, it... Well, just, the wouldn't power. they just get that made by LG or whoever? Yeah, but no, because it's it's there. It would isn't be their technology. Oh, I suppose if they designed it, you maybe yeah, okay. Yeah, inverted commas. Otherwise, because if it was held, if they if the patent or the rights to the retina display were held by the company that made it, not by Apple, then that company would be able to sell off the shelf mm. retina displays to other companies. Yeah, everyone would have them. Even but we Nexus. don't see the retina display on anything else. But hang on, hang on a sec. The, the retina display is just a, a high resolution display. You can't paint on that, otherwise. Yeah, you, you can. The technology behind it, you can. Yeah, paint it. yeah. Which Apple engineers have obviously developed and said, you know, you make it, Mister Glassmaker. So he's just made. He's just. Oh, I see. Okay, so if there's a new, mm. well, okay, assuming there's a that's new technique or, or a new it's technology. Like saying the iPhone is made by the manufacturer and Apple just ordered them. No, Apple designed it. Yeah. Well, they did, yeah, designed down it to the, down to the screen. The manufacturer of all of the different parts. What I'm questioning like, is, did they design it down to the screen? Yeah, I guess, in this case, I think they have. I think it's like Samsung, isn't it? They have their AMOLED, and that that comes in a whole loads of phones. It's in HTC phones of Super AMOLED screens, and yeah, I, I, Samsung's AMOLED, AMOLED Samsung, isn't it? 
So they've got the patent, but they sell it to other people. They license it out, I imagine, yeah. 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 Well, speaking of Apple, did you see that Woz reckons he may well return to Apple if he's ever asked? Oh, wouldn't that be great? I'd love to see him go back to Apple. Yeah, that would be cool. Even if he doesn't do much, just them being there just makes it, I don't know, makes it nice and warm fuzzies and all that. Yeah, Yeah, but a lot of things would have to change for Woz to go back because Woz is very much about things being open and available. And that's they not sh- what Apple's about. They should just have him back as a figurehead. I mean, he's pretty much the Apple figurehead as it is. Well, he's still on the payroll. Yeah, he's, he's, he's always been on the payroll. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I didn't realize he was he'd left since '87, which is just wow. Was that '87? Yeah. I thought it was '85. It was '87, no, was it? '87. That's crazy. A lovely guy was. I've, I actually met him in person once. Got his book autographed as well. Really? Cool. Yeah, I was. Yeah, oh. uh, is it the I, yeah? It's the I was one. Yeah. Wow. I personally <laughs> autographed by him. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a neat guy. The Retina display is actually manufactured by LG. Well, that's what I was oh, alleging before. That it was manufactured by LG. Designed by Apple. Desi- okay, right. Uh, so you were right. Designed it is designed by Apple, but manufactured by LG. Yeah. Now, right. Asim, you wouldn't know what a Commodore 64 is because you're only 17, but the rest of us, <laughs> the Commodore 64 is coming back. <laughs> well, the, the look of the Commodore 64 is coming back. Yeah, look, yeah, it's a case. It's not, yeah, yeah. it's not that the is same. It is seen. a very neat case. But it's got, a, it's got an emulator, though, so it still will run the classic Commodore 64. Well, uh, you know. kind of. What, it, what they've got is it's an Intel Atom-based system, but they're developing an actual Commodore 64 OS to run on the Atom system itself. So it's not an emulator running it. Their goal is to have an actual Commodore operating system running on it. But isn't there some sort of like um, Linux-based thing running it at the moment? So you can just plug yeah, it in and off yeah. you go? At the moment, well, at it's the moment it comes, comes with yeah, Ubuntu. Right? And you can run yeah. it. Oh, is that what it is? But, I was going to ask about yeah, that. Yeah, but it's going to come with Commodore OS 1.0 when they finally get it. When out. they've got it. So if you yeah. order it now, it will come with Ubuntu on it and an emulator, and they will automatically, as soon as they finish developing the new Commodore operating system, send that out to you for free. Now, Asim, are you looking at this keyboard at the moment? Are you know what we're, we're talking about? Yes, yes, I do. Yes. How, no, how, does, how does it look to you? Does it does it look like prehistoric, something from like... <laughs> Come on, you, you, must have, you would have I've seen got, a real one, surely, right? Yes, yes, yeah, I have, yeah. And uh, I don't know what they're trying to... I guess they're just trying to get the brand back and yeah. sell money. Make it is... It's just, you know, nostalgia value. It is. For nostalgia value. It's definitely a niche market, but I think it's a sizable niche market that yeah. I mean yeah. I'd be keen to get one. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. What 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 are they gonna price it as? Well that's the thing, nine hundred dollars. Nine hundred. Yeah, it's very pricey. Yeah, it is. But has they've a got, they do have the most modern dual core atom processor and stuff mm. in it. Comes with the terabyte drive too. Yeah, yeah, that's quite so nice. It, it is packed with. It's packed all right. with its low power power. Does it have a, a VGA out then? Can you put it into a TV? And yeah, it's such a good DVI out. Yeah, DVI. <laughs> you've got to plug into a monitor, so. Yeah, it has, so it has a, a, a DVI. Yeah, HDMI. It's got HDMI as well, yeah, right? I uh, can't tell well. if it's got HDMI. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, you can see the socket. Oh, okay, it is. It is. It is there on the back. Sorry, I did notice it now. Yeah. It should have had an, like an RGB or something oh, or a SCART so you could put it into any TV. Yeah, composite out. 
Mm. But it yeah. does have VGA and DVI and HDMI. Oh, well, that's not too bad then. Yeah. No, I mean, all the older, newer TVs have VGA. Oh, I suppose like you're saying the older ones yeah okay the older yeah. sets yeah. and people might well want to run this thing on an older set too oh because it would be incredibly old school you've got your old CRT television and your <laughs> Commodore 64 in front of it and you load up Pong <laughs> but the funny thing is it's still only got 64k of memory which I just find really weird it comes with two gigs yeah. like a seam in case you didn't realise the 64 refers to the memory size and it was 64k <laughs> back in the day <laughs> 64 yeah. kilobytes of memory so what we would do is we get we'd get home from school and these things ran on a well the one I had ran on a, a tape drive so me and my friend we'd load up a game and it would take half an hour to load this eight game up. So we'd oh. go off on our bikes and ride around on our BMXs and come back, and the game would be ready to play in about half an hour. Ed and I were better than that. We would write our own games for it. That's right, but they would run so slowly. They would run so slowly because, because them, we were always over run them in basic. Yeah. I see, I was out actually talking to girls. <laughs> Lies. You said you were riding on your bicycle. Yeah. That, that Which meant you were really just riding around on your bicycle, popping <laughs> <laughs> wheelies, talking to your mate oh, about wheelies. girls. Exactly. Wait for your game to load. Exactly. I know. I just wanted to make you guys look geekier than me. Uh, uh, if it was cheaper, I'd so get one. Yeah. Then I could have it sitting next to my actual Commodore 64. Because people would come over and just go, what the hell is that? And like, you can seriously just do stuff with it. It'd be great. I mean, there's a lot of people yeah, now look, that still. Commodore 64, I booted up Internet Explorer. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, that was kind of weird, isn't it? 8-Bit Internet Explorer. That would be funny. Even this webpage is looking pretty 8-Bit. Just the whole layout. It looks like it's from yeah. 1984. It's crazy. No, exactly. It's so the old school style. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's sitting on GeoCities or something. Like yes, it, just... it is. It's very much a Geo... <laughs> GeoCities thing. Oh, very good. All right, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this. I think that's kind of nice because if anything... I don't know. The, the Commodore to me just always stood out. Yeah. As I yeah. guess a, just And a, it is an incredibly popular in at what you were talking about earlier, Ed, the, the case modding scene for computer case modders. Yeah. The Commodore 64 case mod is incredibly popular. The number of people who've gutted their old Commodore 64s. That's one Surely people who are going to buy it have already made it because it's not hard. You just hmm. take it out and put the new components in. Yeah, and it's because it's a pretty thick keyboard. It's not like you gotta, you know, yeah. look, look for space or anything. I mean, they're massive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're well, right. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I guess it's, the OS though that it's going to come out with is is part of the attraction as well. Well, it's uh, just Ubuntu. It's only free. Isn't no, 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 it? no, oh, no, 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 no. Commodore OS yeah, 4.0. Commodore yeah. 64. Yeah. Yeah. That would be special. That yeah. will natively play the Commodore 64 games. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, that makes it because I seem you did right. The hardware wise, I mean, you can pe- and people have, as as we said, have done this before. I think it's still. Pretty neat. You crack that thing open and it's not a Commodore 64 inside. No, hell no. All right, we're just about done. But lastly, Cameron, you brought another story to my attention, a rather funny one about someone who bought a Samsung 500 gig drive that turned out not quite to be the case. That's right, because in Soviet Russia, hard drive buys you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what happened basically is this guy rocks in into his local uh, dodgy you know, electronics dealer, dodgy electronics store, thinks he's buying a uh, 500 gig portable hard drive, takes it home, plugs it in, it shows up as a 500 gig hard drive. Except every time he tries to put files on it, nothing works. 
He takes it back to the market, and of course, the market, the, the guy's gone, he's bailed. So he goes to another shop, and they open it up, and inside is two large nuts from like bolts, nuts, bolts, and a small 128 megabit. Oh, sorry, megabyte USB key. Now, basically, <laughs> basically, so those things are going to cost, you know, cents to buy. So essentially, it's the casings there. They put the bolts in to give it some weight. And essentially, the USB key was set up so that it would report that it was a 500 gig hard drive. But every time you drag files onto it, once you'd reach capacity, it would then delete that and then just start recording again. So basically, oh, what it, would is- go through this, it would go through this looping cycle of like, You've re- like uh, putting files on there and deleting it. So essentially, that's what he got. Which that's is an elaborate. Exciting. That's re- yeah. I must say, that's kind of clever. It's, yeah, it's, it's it is. a lot of work. Yeah, someone's that got fake. exactly. Yeah, and they've got a picture on the Crunch Gear here of the actual device, and you can see the key set up with the two bolts either side and. It's kind of funny, really. Hey, I wonder if these so. things will develop a value of their own because of the, the kind of press, the coverage I've got, you know? Yeah, I don't think so. I wouldn't mind one. As a, yeah. look, as a 128 meg USB stick. As That's a massive. giant 128 yeah. meg <laughs> USB stick. The size of a novel. Carry around in something else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it was sold for, you know, 20 bucks or, or less than that, you know, 10 bucks or something, <laughs> I'd buy it. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, you, you, can get, you can get like 16 gig memory stick quite cheap now. Exactly. Well, Ed, I've got a 128 gig. Uh, no, but that's different. USB. I'll glue it to the back of a shoe and sell yeah. it to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's different. This thing's got lots of coverage. It's in the news. It's funny. It's. I don't so know. You, mean, you mean you don't just want no, one? It you actually, would, you actually want this one? one. That no. one would sell on eBay. Yes. Yes. But yes. Okay. It would then be flooded with fakes, and nobody else would want to buy it because no. they would think they were getting a fake. Fake. But there must be more of these. This can't be the only one, right? Sure, surely oh, this. Yeah, but but they're still not going to be worth it. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think the guy in Russia, the, the guy in the markets who's got a whole pile of these in the back of his car, I don't think he realizes it's on Crunch Gear. Like, I don't think he's he's going to say, "Can we get the famous ripped off dodgy you know, five hundred gig hard drive?" Yeah, for only a thousand dollars. It's a genuine fake. So the genuine fake Samsung five hundred gig, hundred twenty eight meg. Just, he's on that rickety train now on the way to Siberia. There's a lady next to him with a box of chickens, and he's looking over his shoulder. That's basically <laughs> it. Yeah. He's going to get back uh, there with the money he's made from this and live like a king. He is. <laughs> oh, you guys are brilliant. Asim, it's been fantastic having you on the show, and congratulations once again on winning Young Engineer of Great Britain. No, thank you very much for having me, and I've had a great time. Excellent. We've enjoyed having you on the show, and I really do wish you well with wherever these drum jeans take you. And uh, if I ever see them in the marketplace locally, I will buy one. Mm. Maybe, maybe we could talk to a seam again when he comes back from LA. Yeah, would you like to join us again? Yes, I'd love to. We'd we'll, yeah, we'll love to have you back I on the show. genuinely had a great time. Excellent. Well, uh, we'll, Excellent. we'll we'll definitely have you back on the show then. Thank you once again. And before you go, Asim, how can people get in touch with you? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter. They can follow me there. My um, username is at amishra123. So that's amishra123, A-M-I-S-H-R-A-1-2-3. Yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. And Brett, thank you very much also for joining us on the panel this week. Always a pleasure, Ed. And lastly, but not leastly, Cameron, thank you also for joining us. No problem at all. Thank you. And that wraps up episode triple one for Monday, the 11th of April, 2011. Join us again next week. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. 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 
Well, they're taking a lot of cues from the things which have gone down really well from the Windows Phone 7 operating system. And they're working on a completely new... Uh, what is it? What do you call this thing? Crap. No. 